Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of the journal for the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, I'll be talking to Jeremy Trott and Dr. Matt Connell. In this episode of the podcast, we're talking about how COVID-19 has impacted trust in the insurance profession. We're joined by Jeremy Trott, non-executive director of the Society of Claims Professionals and claims director of Ecclesiastical Insurance, and Dr. Matt Connell, policy and public affairs director at the CII. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's our conversation with Jeremy and Matt. Hello, Jeremy, and a hello, Matt, and thank you for joining us today on CII Radio. Hi. Hi there. Very, very happy to, to have you both. So thanks for coming to speak to us today. Matt, if we could begin with you, um, the CII continues to do major work in measuring public trust in insurance. And of course, this yeah. has been quite an unusual year and very unpredictable. Um, how have we seen levels of trust change since the COVID-19 pandemic began? Yeah, so I think there's different layers of, of reaction. And I think one thing that's worth bearing in mind is um, for a lot of us who work in insurance, for professionals in the in the insurance sector, a lot of issues coming out of COVID around, you know, there were lots of headlines around travel insurance early on, uh, lots of obviously headlines around business interruption insurance. So for us, it feels like insurance and has been right at the heart of coronavirus. But obviously for most people, huge swathes of their lives have been affected. And for them, you know, even though the, the headlines um, have been there all the way through, they might not have registered with what's happening in the market unless they're directly affected themselves. So one thing we've noticed from surveying both consumers and small businesses is that the level of overall satisfaction with the insurance that people hold has, has remained remarkably stable. The number of people who are satisfied or dissatisfied might have gone up by a percentage point or gone down by a percentage percentage point, but overall it's been very stable with fewer than 5%, for example, of consumers registering dissatisfaction with insurance uh, and then the vast majority saying that they're, they're satisfied or, or, or very satisfied. And it's been similar in the in the small business space. So I think it's worth remembering that the insurance covers a, a lot of areas and that people might not have yet really engaged with some of the issues around claims in certain sectors in a way that, that sort of relates to their own insurance. One thing we have found, though, is when we ask particularly small businesses uh, in, in markets like uh, liability and, and property insurance, uh, what they're saying to us is that there's a bigger gap between their expectations and what they're getting in terms of um, the kind of explanation and the kind of information and, and clarity of information that they're getting on what their policy covers and, and what it doesn't cover. So I think the picture is that consumers overall are, are still have the same levels of satisfaction as they did before COVID, but they're, they're, they're beginning to pick up issues um, maybe from the from the headlines around, well, do I really know 100% what, what my policy covers and, and, and what it doesn't cover? And, and do I expect a bit more than I did um, before uh, from my insurer about, you know, how, how the policy documents are, are set out and how clear they are and also how well it's, it's explained to me? So that, that seems to be the, the trend that's going on sort of below the surface. Absolutely. Well, yeah, as you say, it's quite a kind of 
slightly shifting landscape and it's something that the CII will continue to examine, I'm sure. Jeremy, can you give us a bit of an idea of some of the impact of COVID-19 has had on the claims market from your perspective? Yeah, obviously, it's been it's quite a fundamental impact in terms of in a number of different ways. I mean, firstly, if we look at purely claims volumes, you can see that in the in the majority of lines of business, you know, outside of travel and business interruption, a lot of areas have seen big reductions. So, for instance, in sort of the early stages of April, May, when there was a lot less vehicles on the road, some motor insurers had sort of a as much as a 70% reduction in their volume. So, of course, that's going to be quite impactful. But obviously, in the property space and specifically business interruption, and as Matt has just alluded to in, in, in travel as well, there were significant increases. So I guess one of the challenges that we've seen in the claims market overall is how we've had to adapt to those differences. And obviously, we have swathes of our membership in terms of CII membership who are trained in certain classes of business. So there has been the need to um, quickly train and get people up to speed on on working on on air, in areas that they wouldn't necessarily have worked on um, previously. The obvious challenge of all of that, or the obvious other challenge of all of that, is the fact that we have had everyone working from home and all insurers have had to adapt to that working from home environment and actually have done a pretty good job. Most of the insurers on the on the Society of Claims Professionals Council have set up very quickly, um, sort of literally within, within 24, 48 hours, and it's been pretty successful um, and have generally managed to maintain a pretty good level of service, which I guess coming back to the trust question at the beginning for Matt, those kind of sort of sentiments around trust have broadly remained pretty static. I also, interesting, quickly respond to the, the piece on clarity of cover. I think that's a really good point that Matt makes, and I think is one of the challenges for us all, both in the underwriting space and in the claims space, that we do need to be much clearer that, that you know the pandemic has really focused people's minds on what is and isn't covered in policies. And we do need to do a better job, I think, of a, as an insurance profession of explaining in layman's terms, you know, the coverage aspects in terms of what is and what isn't covered, because I think there's some clarity that we do need to provide to our customers in that space. Absolutely. Um, So if we can talk more about those factors that are are impacting trust, how are insurers adapting to long-term changes in in customer circumstances, such as kind of changing working working patterns, which Jeremy, you mentioned, but also kind of financial hardship or difficulties? Um, Matt, how do you feel that's happening? Yeah, I, mean, I think particularly in the in the protection space, um, in, in sort of long-term insurance, there are a lot of things that were already built into products to, to help people get through times of a hardship. So, you know, a lot of products have elements built into them where if people aren't able to pay premiums for a certain period of time, uh, they can have a, a premium holiday and, and retain the cover and, and make it up in the future. So, in terms of sort of what's in there in, in the policy, that, that there have been a, thing, a, lot, a lot of things built in and there has been a, a strong call from, for example, the Access to Insurance Group um, that the CII is uh, involved in very, very heavily, um, a call right at the beginning of the uh, of the process to uh, to make sure that 
that people are, are um, understand um, understand that the options open to them and that, and that firms communicate those those options to them. So I think there was a very positive um, response from the from the sector uh, in terms of the specific issues relating to, to COVID, which was which was really heartening to, uh, to to see. And then you know equally on the on the wider wider insurance point, we've seen insurers work with the FCA to put together temporary guidance uh, around premiums and, and paying claims and, and communication to, to customers. So I think there has been a, a real understanding across the, the profession that where, where it's a temporary situation, it's, it's something that, that financial services and insurance in particular can can make some some interventions to, to, to help there. Yeah, I can I can give a couple of practical examples of that if you like. I mean, I think both you know ecclesiastical were able to provide a lot of risk management advice for links to you know sort of churches, heritage buildings, schools around how they might keep and keep open safely you know during this period. And also there was you know various changes to policy terms and conditions in terms of buildings that was temporarily forced to close. There was no longer a um, you know a thirty day unoccupied warranty you know being offered on the policy you know that was that was being relaxed um, as Matt's already said there were payments to holidays being offered and I think there was the other thing I think that was that was very gratefully received by consumers generally was the fact that we were able to adapt business use for how, for how people might be using their vehicles or whatever for and most most insurers I think did this with with no additional premium charge so what I mean by that is you know a restaurant that was now closed and was offering takeaways with could automatically be covered for for, for doing that um, and didn't need to let a number of insurers did, then didn't need to let them know that that was those changes were taking place. So there was some sort of pretty practical advice being offered and support being given by insurers um, on the changing circumstances that we were all going through. You know, in the sort of particularly in the early stages of lockdown. Matt, so the Financial Conduct Authority's business interruption case is is ongoing and has of course been widely publicised. What are some of your thoughts on how the FCA have approached the situation so far, and and how do you? See the case impacted insurers yeah i mean i think i think the first thing to say is that the case was an attempt to bring some clarity to to a very difficult situation in which there were many different policies and many different issues coming to them we we supported the fca when it launched the with the test case because you know what is important is to is to get clarity and know which claims should be paid uh, as quickly as possible, and I think it's important to say as well that the firms that took part in the test case, you know, they they, they weren't under any legal obligation to take part in it. They they chose to take part in it, and and it was a collective uh, approach to to try and get certainty as quickly as possible. Um, obviously, it's it's difficult to comment on any on any outcome of the case because a big chunk of it is still still being appealed and and has to go to the Supreme Court for the for the final decision. But overall, I think it's it's a difficult situation. But you know, we absolutely support an attempt to to get clarity as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I'd agree. I'd agree with that, Matt. I think the from an insurer perspective, the key thing for us is to get that clarity for our customers and to do that as quickly as possible. Um, so the fact also that you know any appeal is being accelerated through to the Supreme Court will hopefully be able to to give us all the chance to 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 make the decision and then and then you know ensure that we look after our customers as as is driven by that decision uh, and then all move on. 
Excellent. Okay, Jeremy, if we could perhaps stay with you. Um, looking forward, what can insurers do to, to help rebuild and maintain trust following the, the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it is a tough one uh, at the moment because obviously the majority of policies haven't covered COVID. And as Matt alluded to earlier, there was a customer expectation that that probably a number of them would. However, I think what we can all support is working with various parties, whether it's the FCA, the government, or any other interested parties to explore, you know, what support we might be able to provide in the future as a collective. Although our belief was that policies were not designed to cover pandemics, we you know, we did agree to take part in the Kess case in order to provide that clarity and certainty to customers that we were just speaking about. I mean, I think I think the key thing here is we are clearer about what our policy covers and, you know, what, what should happen in a claims process and how and also when a claim is made, making sure that people understand the process of uh, of making a claim and what the requirements are both of us and also of the insured around, you know, providing evidence of financial statements or whatever it might be. So I think there's a huge amount we can still do, but, you know, we need to recognise that particularly when we've still got you know, the appeals going through, it, it's going to be a tough environment. We just need to make sure we continue to respond. You know, as we go into this time of year, we continue to respond if, if there is anything, you know, outside of uh, the FCA court case, for instance, in terms of weather events or anything else like that. I, I think there's been a real step change in, in how insurers generally have responded to weather events in the last three, four years. And I think Kira and Dennis at the beginning of this year, broadly speaking, were very well responded to. And I think, you know, what we wouldn't want to happen is for the profession to sort of divert all their attention to the court case and then drop a ball on, you know, on what would be more simple and definitely covered in terms of storm and weather weather claims. And Matt, um, would you have anything to, to add to that at all? Yeah, I absolutely agree with, with Jeremy. So I think um, in terms of, of sort of going forward, that we need to, to have a really strong agreement and plan with government about what 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 insurers can do and, and what governments can do. I think Lloyd's announced that that they're paying five billion in COVID-related claims, uh, the ABI said the UK insurers expecting to pay over a, a, a billion for claims in, in, in the UK. But we know that the cost of the economic cost of coronavirus is kind of 200 billion plus. So clearly there's a huge gulf between what can be raised in terms of capital from voluntary premiums uh, and, and what's needed in terms of economic intervention and, and, and things that only the taxpayer can do. So I think the efforts by the ABI and, and and, and Lloyd's and others to start thinking about some kind of pool re type solution again as Jeremy said not just for pandemics but for for all these risks that, that potentially have a huge economic impact insurers offering their expertise and insights to, to government to, so that society as a whole can can plan for these enormous events uh, in a bit more of a, an organized and, and and systematic way so that's that's one really important thing and then I think that the other thing as Jeremy said and, and the answer to his first question is is around the kind of advice that insurers can give around risk management because insurers not only pay out claims but they also give a huge amount of advice and insight into what companies and, and individuals can do for uninsurable risks the kind of things that they can do to mitigate those risks and adapt to a new environment and I think the challenge for professionals is to find a way of having a conversation with clients that prioritizes the uninsurable risks and gives a complete sort of risk management uh, service 
and then puts what can be insured in context. I think that's the really big challenge for for us as professionals over the over the next few years. And uh, Jeremy, from a perspective of the uh, Society of Claims Professionals, um, what kind of work have you been doing to support members um, during this time? So as far as the membership goes, we've been trying to provide our membership with as much information as possible on sort of some of the key aspects of the FCA test case and and explain actually what clarity is being sought by the you know the discussions in court um, through the trial and obviously then what what it means in terms of the implications of appeal and and, and other things. I guess in, in on a sort of more practical level, the other thing that we've really focused on and we've had a number of discussions as a board about has been around some of the some of the more practical challenges for our members of working from home. So you know we we need to you know we need to absolutely recognise that you know not everyone has got you know a spare room. With a with a desk and a chair and and everything else and it is set up perfectly to work from home, whereas you know uh, and we need to then be able to react to that and provide people with as much support um, to sort of a, in a home working environment uh, and also thinking about you know the more general state of the the country and you know potentially you know further lockdowns partial lockdowns or local lockdowns to come think about also how we we engage with with our membership around their mental health and you know what impact it, it has had to to have been working from home for a long period and potentially also now to be to be going into a winter period and, and working from home and, and how to support sort of the loneliness of potentially of our membership uh, lots and lots of insurers have done some really good stuff on you know in keeping their employees engaged and it's about you know writing articles around how we both from a leadership perspective and also from an individual perspective of how we can support people through what you know what continues to be challenging times absolutely and, and finally matt um presumably the cii will continue to do to a great deal of work in this on this subject can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing moving forward and and um, maybe direct listeners to where they can go to find out more yeah, absolutely. We're continuing to survey both consumers and, and small businesses about their attitudes to insurance and, and drill right down to uh, what aspects it is around both claims and, and but also buying and, and renewing insurance and those issues where they, they think that insurers are doing well and those issues where they, they're looking for, for improvement. So, uh, and, and we've done that across small businesses, um, for example, with um, property insurance, liability insurance and motor insurance. But we've also added business interruption insurance just for our last wave of research in, in September to, to find out what, what opinions are there and, and, and really go into all, all the key aspects of the, the market. So uh, that's that's published for everyone uh, on on the CII website, so you can access that. Um, where even if non-members can can access that information, so so along with the with the podcast, very happy to to provide links to the kind of research that we're doing. Yeah. So some of the articles I was speaking about just now, they're all on the Society of Claims Professionals website, which is www.socp.org.uk. So all of the articles on the test case and also on, on sort of mental health and, and leadership of that um, is, is there. And yeah, really good, some really good stuff in there that I'd, I'd recommend the audience go and have a look at. 
Certainly. And yes, we definitely encourage our listeners to, to go and have a look for, for more information there. So, um, well, thank you both very much for joining us today. It's been a hugely interesting uh, chat and I'm sure our listeners would have um, found it very interesting. So, yeah, thank you both for your time today and uh, joining us on CII Radio. Thanks very much. Thanks. And thank you for listening. Uh, To find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Uh, You can also follow the Society of Claims Professionals at Claims Society. Um, So until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening to CII Radio.